It's episode 150 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm so freaking stoked for this next guest. Of course, you know, she had to be like extra, extra special. Um, I'm talking about the morning anchor on KIII News First Edition and also co-host of Domingo Live, Barbie Leo. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. And I know that I told you this before we started, but I'm so very proud of you. And congratulations for 150 episodes of celebrating all these amazing ladies from all walks of life. Thank you so much for doing that. Absolutely. And what a, I mean, that that's major coming from you. I mean, you've been a staple in people, whether it was on the radio or on people's televisions in the community for years. So the fact that I'm getting a one on one with you to me is is a, a dream. So I mean, you're just a natural when it comes to interacting with people interviewing. I mean, have you always been that way? Did you always know you wanted to be a journalist? You know, um, I always make, well, I always talk to my dad about this because my dad was a professor for 35 plus years at A&M Corpus Christi, bilingual education professor. Wow. And uh, a lot of my teachers, he taught. Uh, and I would always get in trouble for talking too much at school. So I remember coming home, getting in trouble, of course, at school and getting in trouble at home because I, I talked too much. And so uh, I call him Papi, that's my Papi. And I said, Papi, see, now I'm getting paid to talk. What do you mean, you know? But, you know, back in the days, you know, I would uh, I would get in trouble because I, I spoke so much. I would just talk. And then my teacher would try to move me, you know, next to someone else, you know, that wasn't supposedly my friend. But I didn't care. I talked <laughs> to everybody, you know? So I remember getting in trouble for talking all the time, never even thinking back then that, you know, I would be paid to to talk now. You know, what I mean? that would this be, makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just I think it was just something that um, that I've always done, you know, without even thinking about it, you know, and that's the thing. It's surprisingly enough that, you know, you uh, you know, I know it's cliche, but a lot of people say that whenever you do choose a job, do something that you love. So it feel like work every day. And that's exactly what I do. And I'm so blessed to do that. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are just such a natural. I mean, I, I just can't get over it. And, and I think the community responds well to you because of how authentic you are and how much you truly do care about the community. Not to mention the fact that your being bilingual to me is such a huge strong suit, especially here in South Texas. And so have you always done the dual language your whole life? Yes, my first language was Spanish. Uh, At home, before I even started school, I would always speak Spanish with my mom and I would always watch Spanish speaking or Spanish language channels. Um, And I remember my mom would, you know, make me write like the grocery list in Spanish and um, that's all I would speak. It wasn't until I started school that I started speaking English. And then I became my mom's translator, you know, because that was, you know, she only spoke Spanish. So whenever we would go somewhere, I would always translate for my mom. Wow. And I remember at school, you know, whenever um, we would read out loud, um, you know, one paragraph, so and so, blah, blah, when it was my turn. And if there was a Spanish word, I would always pronounce it in Spanish. You know, instead of saying Amarillo, I would say Amarillo, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. 
And I would get, I remember getting, you know, I remember people making fun of me because I would use my Spanish language and it never bothered me because I was always so proud. The fact that I, I that was my language as well, just like English is, is the same way I feel about Spanish. And so I was never afraid to use both languages, no matter, you know, I kept it real. Yes. <laughs> I just kept it real. So yes, I I love I love the Spanish language and and I love the English language. I love you know both. So absolutely. Yes. Well, and I think that that's such an important story that you just shared because you learn that a lot from people who come from language or their uh, Spanish being their first language. Is that oftentimes they do have to serve as almost like a liaison between their parents and the community. So you were already, you know, uh, passing on information and um, communication between parties even that early, which I think is so cool. Like you are an expert communicator. Yes, without even knowing, right? At the age of what five, I was always, you know, uh, definitely doing that for my mom, you know, and as as she got older, I think that she was embarrassed to, to try to speak English because she had such a, such a heavy accent. And I would always tell her, mommy, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if, how it sounds, just try it. You know, you, you can't be embarrassed of how you sound. Just, just try speaking it. So, you know, uh, to this day, I think that sometimes she still gets a little embarrassed, but, um, you know, she's come a long way. So, well, yeah. I think that's so powerful too, you know, uh, the fact that you were there for her, you know, whenever she was, you know, attempting to make that, uh, transition. And then also for you to say, you know, I love both languages and I was never embarrassed whenever people would kind of poke fun at when I would choose to pronounce the word properly, especially if it's a Spanish word. I mean, I have to admit, like coming from South Texas, I cringe now when I hear people say a word that should have more of, a, of inflection and they don't. It's just one of those things, I think. Maybe if I was from a different part of Texas or a different part of the community, I, I would feel differently about it. But I think that that's such a powerful uh, message that you just shared, and I really appreciate that. And so whenever you went to school, did you know, okay, like, I definitely want to be in multimedia, like, this is the way I'm going to go? Or did someone kind of influence your decision to go into, you know, uh, like, radio and TV and that kind of thing? I was in college, and I double majored in criminal justice and communications. My my plan was to be either an interpreter for the courts, uh, you know, working for the judicial system some way, somehow, be an attorney. Uh, wow. And then, like... Yeah. Then later on, maybe being a judge, like I was always into, I, so I tell this too, when I visit the kids, I said, you know, I, uh, I always tell them, don't put all of your apples in one basket. If you love a couple of things, explore and, 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 you know, study anything and everything that you want. Don't just, you know, just focus on one thing because, you know, you never know. And, and, uh, I love my criminal justice course courses. And to this day, one of my favorite things to do is watch the ID channel like all day long. <laughs> you know, I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, uh, I, I just loved, I love my criminal justice courses. Um, but they did take a toll on me. It's, it's, it's something where, um, I needed some kind of, um, way to just kind of, uh, you know, to, I don't know how to explain it, but not, not to really relax from it, but kind of like, like a, a way to kind of get away from that, but still do some kind of work. I still wanted to, to, to do some form of work, you yes. know, mentally. 
And so I started some communication courses for fun, you know, because I, I loved going to my communication courses. I was just myself. I have I would have so much fun and I would get good grades. And I'm thinking, yeah, like this is this is so cool, you know. And I was still in college when I was approached by um, a friend of mine uh, that worked at a radio station and said that they needed a, a PR person, just someone to start working maybe a couple of days out of the week, um, you know, to help with their PR, getting the name out of the station, you know, uh, giving out CDs, giving out bumper stickers, CDs. What is that? Yeah, CDs. <laughs> oh, I love that. Giving out CDs, bumper stickers, you know, kind of, you know, uh, just being out and about, you know, promoting the station. And if I was interested in, in, in working part time, it would just be Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, uh, maybe an hour a day. And uh, I would go on the air maybe a couple of times within those two hours for like 30 seconds to say, hey, you know, I'm over here in front of the Corpus Christi Trade Center giving away blah, 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 blah. And I said, sure. You know, I yeah, this sounds name. super fun. You know, that's not like the coolest job ever. And it really was. And literally, I started giving away uh, newspapers and taquitos in the morning, you know, to listeners. They would drive up and I would give them their morning, you know, uh, newspaper and and their morning taquito. And I would say hi and talk to them and, you know, uh, say, hey, I'm over here in front of blah, blah, come over here and get your morning taquito newspaper and they would come up and they would talk to me and good morning and this and that. And it was literally like almost not even 30 seconds, you know, within those two hours, Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And um, so I did that until we got uh, our first ratings period in. Once we got our ratings, uh, we were number one across the board. And that is unheard of for a Spanish. Wow. State station beating out everybody from rock country you name it you know and it was to them it was just like wow you know we're number one across the board and that's when they offered me a full-time position and some bennies i got me some bennies you know yes <laughs> and so i had to make a decision you know whether i was going to uh continue to go to college and, and work full-time or, or what and i just I just took it and, you know, I had so much fun doing, doing that, doing radio, learning everything that I could in radio. 21 years, right? Yes. Yes, ma'am. That is. I tell everybody, I started when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was so young. <laughs> they, they recognize yeah. talent from a very young age. <laughs> That's right. I started so young, but yes, I started doing radio at a very young age. I really did. And uh, I loved it. And I learned, I literally learned everything that I could from um, not only being on air, uh, doing production, which means, you know, um, producing the commercials that, that air, not only at that station, I was lucky enough to work for a, a big, you know, a big company and, uh, they owned uh, a rock station, you know, you know, uh, a country station and a couple of AM stations and talk radio. Uh, and so I was able to help produce commercials for all of them. So you could hear my voice, you know, like, you know, at our, you know, rock stations with C101 or our country station and stuff or K99 and, and um, I learned a lot of PR and uh, I just started, you know, just 
absorbing everything that I could about radio. I really, truly, truly loved it. I sure did. I still do. I still love radio. I still love radio. Yes. I mean, for you to have been there as long as you were and grown into the personality that you became. I mean, so and I've also noticed a trend that you are uh, someone that people like to start their mornings with, whether it was yeah. on radio, whether it's at KIII, whether it's on Sunday morning. I mean, you are that yeah. person, which makes me so happy. Are you naturally a morning person? Is that your thing? You know, I'm not. You know, a lot of people ask me that. Are you a morning person? I'm not. Uh, even to this day, it takes me a while. Like, I love very, very strong coffee. Um, and, uh, that helps me. And not only the strong coffee helps me in the morning, I have my daughter, my six-year-old daughter helps me wake up every morning. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm truly not a morning person. <laughs> I would never know. You sleep all morning. I really can't. <laughs> well, I hope you do get to could, on your days off. If I could, I tried to, it's just hard. Um, it's just hard when, uh, before, you know, when I didn't have my daughter, I would take, you know, my three hour naps and I'm so I miss those so much, you know, uh, but ever since I had my daughter, you know, no, you know, not only as soon as I'm done with work. And that's what a lot of people don't don't, you know, I guess, realize or, or, or think about, you know, once I'm done with work, I'm not done working. You know, I'm still a mom, you know, and, and I course. have to keep going. And, and it's it's not easy, but uh, you can do it you can do it. And I tell, you know, I tell people out there, you can do it. You definitely can have a career. Yes, you can be married. Yes, you can be a wife. Yes, you can be a mom. You you can do it all because you deserve it all. So you can do it all. Yes. Oh, what an excellent message. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I, I have a four-year-old. He's a little over four. And how much my life has changed. Because like you said, oh, yeah. it, it is hard. Um, cause oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I work full time, you know, we, we both work full time mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I'm just like a totally different person. And just with the, like you said, you know, pre child, your time is yours whenever you're done working, but, but no, not, not really anymore. Once the kiddo comes along and, and of course we love them. We're, we're happy to do it, but oh. it is definitely a change. And I'm really it glad is. that you said that to, to anybody that's listening because, it can be a little bit overwhelming trying to maintain it all. It is overwhelming. It truly, truly is overwhelming. And um, I always tell people I love everything that I've done in my life, but there's nothing that I love more than being a mom. Yes. Period. Yes. And Point you point. are you are so <laughs> proud of her. And mm. now that she's six years old, I don't have a ton of experience with any uh, kids older than four because I only have my one but does she recognize how much of a hard worker you are and how much you know you are a staple in the community and how many people look up to you she has no idea <laughs> she has no idea to her if someone calls me Barbie she's like no you're bae as mommy what do you mean like you know why are they calling you Barbie like this is you know even though she loves Barbies right the doll uh no she right away she's like you're Mar you're bae as mommy you know, like right away, she's just like, you know, you're my mommy, you know, and which is my favorite title ever in the world, you know, uh, but she really, truly has no idea. And I think that I love that about her. The fact that um, I she has I mean, like I said, she has no idea. She she can watch me on TV and it's it, it's really does not phase her. She has really literally no idea. And then when her <laughs> When her friends ask her, like, I remember one time, especially during COVID, 
I uh, got her on this app called uh, Kids Messenger, where, um, you know, the parent definitely has a, a big hand on that app. You you get to pick, you know, who they speak to, all the calls come through you, you know, you have to accept people, blah, 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 blah. And um, she was talking to one of her friends, and one of her friends was asking about somebody that works with me, uh, Alan Hall. Right? Of course. <laughs> Yes, your mommy works with a sweetheart, you know, you love him to death. Uh, um, your, you know, your mom works with Alan Holt and she knows who Alan is. You know, she's been, you know, there to his house and played with his dog and it's, you know, no big deal. And she just stopped for a minute and she looked at her and she said, uh-huh. So do you want to play Barbies or what? Like she has literally like, I don't. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, but literally she, I, she has no idea. Nothing. I mean, other than. You know, if someone tells me hi and says my name instead of saying Bea's mommy, she she right away reacts like, oh, you're Bea's mommy. Why are they calling you Barbie? <laughs> Kids have a way of humbling us, don't they? <laughs> really, truly love it. I really, really do. You know, and then when we when I was when this whole COVID uh, pandemic hit and I remember I was scared to death. Literally, I um, we all went to my parents' house. It was my husband and myself and my daughter. And we went to my parents' house so we could be together because we didn't know what to expect. We wanted to stay together and stay safe together. And uh, so it was my mom and my dad and my younger brother, myself, my husband, and my daughter. And then I started working from home. And that was a total mess. Like, it was just, I, I had just gotten on the desk. Yes. You know full-time news and then they sent us home and we had to figure out how to do this from home it was it was crazy so I remember I found this little corner of a space in my parents um dining room and uh so that's where I would broadcast and I remember when my daughter's friends would would ask would ask my daughter so you know where does your you know where, where does your mom work and remember earlier when I said Papi, I call my dad Papi. So she calls my dad Papi, her grandpa. Oh, she works at Papi's house. <laughs> she had no idea that I was actually, you know, she, oh, she's at, she goes to Papi's house to work. And in the corner, like, you know, that's that's where she would see me work. And um, I don't want to fast forward too, too much, but uh, I remember, you know, uh, waking up before everybody else and setting everything up and, and working because, you know, we're on five to seven and, um trying to get everything going and trying to get making sure that, you know, as well as all the techie things, you know, the, the phone and blah, blah, and the Wi-Fi is working and this and that. And I'm in the middle of this very serious story that I'm, I'm, I'm announcing. And my daughter wakes up and she wakes up and she wants her juice and she wants her mommy. And she doesn't understand because at that time she was what, four or five. And, and all she knew is she just wanted to look for mommy. So I remember I'm in the middle, literally, in the middle of talking about whatever story I am, which was, I remember was specifically, it was a serious one. And she comes and she gets in my lap in front of live TV and she's hugging me. She's mommy, I want juice. And here I am with one arm cuddling her, holding her, you know, yes. And he says, I'll be, you know, but, you know, and, and, and I finished the story. I'm still going, right. I don't stop. And then as soon as I'm done and we go to break, I was, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I felt so bad, you know, for, for my director, for my producer, for everybody. And I remember I called them. I'm in, apologizing. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that, that was happening. And they said, Barbie, it's okay. It's okay that happens. And, you know, it's, it, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, that's, there's nothing that you could do. That's the situation everybody is in. 
And I remember after that happened, I would I was receiving all sorts of messages and and uh, emails saying that was the best part of our day because we actually saw what was going on with you and that's what we're experiencing and you gave us a sense of normalcy which is what we needed right now and that made me feel so much better but I never thought that I would be in that situation like who would even think that they would be in a situation like that and of course after that you would see you know different people you could see like their dog <laughs> you know in the background and kids and then it just became normal but at that point in time it was so new and I didn't know how to react and all I knew was I'm not I'm not going to push my daughter away because she has no idea what's going on. I'm going to continue being a mom, but then I still have this to do. I'm still working. I still have to work. It was just, I can't even explain. I can't even explain what was going through my head at that time. It was, it was, it was just, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot at once. Yeah. I have to be honest, hearing you tell that story got me emotional because yeah, like you're expected right to be professional. And you're doing your best to be professional, but it's a pandemic. You are in a home where your daughter's down the hall. And nothing is more human than you, while delivering the news to the public, are taking your little girl in. And that, I just love that image so much. And I also really love that your team was supportive of it. And I especially love that the community responded to it because the, it doesn't get any more real than that. Like you want to see what people are, are dealing with in, in uh, during 2020 and the fiasco that that was and sort of continues to be. There it is right there, period. And I am, I just am so thrilled that you, you, you managed to have both, you shared both responsibilities on screen in the most beautiful way. And it really resonated with the community. Yes, it was just, and it just happened with that, you know, you're just not ready for something like that. What do you do? You know, how are you going to, how are you going to push your, your child away? And how are you going to not do what you're supposed to do and continue to, it was just, yes, it was, oh, yes. No, that, yeah, that's just, powerful. Just taking back to that time, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and I'm glad that you brought that up because you started, like you said, on the desk. Like your last, you signed off with KSAB, like the mm-hmm. last day of December, I think, right, of 2019. Yes. And then you moved on to KIII First Edition on the desk, which mm-hmm. I guess was immediately in January, right, of 2020. January the 3rd, 2020. Okay, so you got a few days off for the holidays. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> yes, no vacation holiday in between. It was one, yeah, right after the other. Yeah. yeah, so being thrown into news, the pandemic, it wasn't even like official in the States, really, or maybe only in, like, New York. Were you mm-hmm. nervous about it at all, or were you just really focused on, okay, like, I need to, you know, I'm on the desk, like, you know, uh, let me let me just get this figured out first, or was it already kind of breathing down your neck, this pandemic thing? You know, honestly, I never thought that it would get to where we are now. Um, I think that I was just focused on trying to get everything going, you know, uh, on the desk, and... Uh, you know, everything that I was responsible for and uh, familiarizing myself with what I have to do now, you know, uh, dealing with a change from radio to full-time news. Um, And I wasn't, yes, that was there, but I, that was not my main focus until 
it became real, real fast. And literally when that happened, we had maybe zero preparation. <laughs> we really honestly did because I remember uh, everybody was preparing, you know, to get everybody out of the building. And what do we need in order to continue to do what we do outside the building? I was given uh, my iPad and a work phone. So literally, this is what I used only to broadcast from home. From my personal phone, I would be on Facebook Messenger, and I would be on Facebook Messenger with our producers and our director and the other anchors and our meteorologists. And uh, that's where we would, you know, you know, communicate, and we would get our cues through my personal phone. My work phone was my camera, and I ordered this, you know, little rinky-dink ring light because it's all about lighting, girlfriend. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. And so I, you know, bought a little light that I, you know, a little ring light, you know, and I had my, my work phone on that. And that was my camera and my iPad were, that's where I would get my scripts. And that's all I had. People think that I had this huge setup. Nope. I sure did not have a huge setup to broadcast from home. And I did not. And so, um, yeah, that was, I had, I was just barely getting a whole hang of everything that I needed to do there at the news station when we were just sent out and we had to learn something that nobody was familiar with. Nobody knew what was going to happen. You know, uh, the delays, you know, the miscommunications, um, you know, people not being able to connect. It was a mess. It, 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 it really was. It was, but you know, we, um, did what we could, you know, to continue doing the job that we needed to do and get everybody informed on everything that was going on. Because at that time, that was, I mean, not not only now and every day that our job, but more than ever for something that was so uncertain and so something that was so unfamiliar with everybody. And we needed to make sure that everybody, you know, knew all the updates and, and was getting all the information that they needed to at least feel um safe and, and, and informed and, and in the know. I mean, that, that was our, that was our job period. We were going to get it done no matter what. Yes. And you I know? mean, you know, people were coming to y'all before, regardless, right? Like y'all were the ones who told them what was going on, you know, whether it's weather, whether it's what's happening here locally, period. But suddenly y'all are really put, and it's always during, you know, whether it's a hurricane or some sort of disaster or something, y'all are put at the forefront. People are tuning into you in droves to find out what's going on. I mean, how did, how did that feel knowing that there were so many eyes on y'all, you know, to be passing this information along? Because I know you were used to being in front of the camera when it came to being on Domingo, but I feel like that this was definitely a different beast entirely. It, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I would, I, I was familiar with, with doing this, you know, behind a mic, um, you know, with radio, re regardless, you know, the only difference was the fact that they didn't see me, you know, visually, they didn't see my face and I'd have to put makeup on. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to get all, you know, dolled up. Uh, but you know, so I, I was ready to, you know, radio really, really prepared me for, uh, you know, being on camera uh, in any situation because radio is very ad-lib. You don't get scripts. You don't get a teleprompter. You don't get any of that kind of guidance or anything like that. It's, it's you know, a couple of bullet points and go with it, you know, and, and talk about it. And, and literally, I was on the air from 5 a.m. till 10 a.m., and then I would do middays from 10 a.m. till 2. So I would talk for like all, well, all day long. <laughs> uh, 
you know, and I would have to figure out things to talk about. So, you know, um, it, it, I was always in the know as far as what was going on and, and keeping people informed. The only difference is, was, and now is, is having the camera in front of me at the same time um, and learning all of that, you know, because even with Domingo, uh, Domingo is no teleprompter, it, it, it live, you know, um, of course, right now the show's a little different because because of the pandemic. Uh, we're live, Rudy and I, but a lot of things are pre-recorded, and we can't have guests in the studio and all this stuff. So we're trying to work around that. Uh, but just just like I did on radio and ad lib, and 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 learn that, and I'm grateful for being able to do that. I was able to do that on air on the Mingo, and definitely has helped me, you know, with news because you just never know what's going to happen. You have to be ready to to talk, and and that and that's what it is. You know, when you're when I was behind a mic or you know you know behind a camera, the Mingo, and now the news. You know, when I feel that the way I deliver is not very, you know, uh, what I, I don't know if, if it's something that <laughs> we will make your news voice. Well, I don't have a news voice. This is just my voice. I'm talking to you like I'm talking to my friend, my you know my grandma, you know my tia, you know my you know my you know my brother, my mom. You know, hey, this is this is what's going on, and that's literally how I speak to the camera. You know. Um, like if I'm talking directly to a friend, someone I know, depending on on what the story is, if it's a child, like I'm, you know, focusing on like if I'm talking to my daughter and her friends or, you know, things like that. And I, 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 that's what I channel. That's what I try to do at least, you know, I, I don't try to focus on trying to be, you know, having like the news voice that a lot of people say that, you know, some people have, I just literally talk the way I, I would, you know, when I was in radio, which is just by being myself and talking to, to somebody regularly, you know, like, Hey, listen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, and that was when I, uh, when I was approached with a position, um, that was, uh, one of the things that I, that I talked to them about. I remember being in the meeting and, um, well, let me just kind of, you know, go back a little bit. Um, I was, it was uh, during that summer, uh, so I guess 2019 during the summer, I had just had surgery. I had a partial hysterectomy, and a lot of people always ask me, you know, oh, are you going to have another baby? Well, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't have another baby. I had to have a partial hysterectomy um, because of my health. I had these, you know, huge fibroids, and they were growing, and they were causing a lot of problems. I had to get them. I had no choice. Yeah, fibroids and are no joke. They're no joke. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people know that. But, you know, if someone would ask me, I would, you know, let them know what was going on. And so when that was happening and I had to make the decision to have surgery because I didn't have a choice, I literally trying to get ready for work. Uh, thankfully, I was at my parents' house um, early one morning. I fainted and my mom got up and I ended up in the hospital. This whole big deal. And my my after trying all these different things, you know, my doctor said, we definitely need to have surgery. Um, you could have been driving uh, and fainted. You could have been driving with your daughter. You know, the, it could have been worse. We, and so I had to make a choice. I, I really didn't have one. And that process was very difficult for me. Definitely physically, of course. I mean, that's huge surgery. But um, I think that the most difficult part of all was the fact that I knew emotionally, I wasn't going to be able to have another baby. That was the most difficult part of all. 
So I was barely recovering from that surgery when I got a phone call from our news director at that time uh, at Channel 3, and she wanted to talk to me. And uh, literally, <laughs> you know, she 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 wanted to talk to me about a position, and I think that's what she was saying because I was – you know, I, I was under medication. Like, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I was trying to just, like, recover. And I told her, hey, let me call you tomorrow and, and really talk to you before I take my meds so I can really focus on what you're saying and and, and really understand what you're, what you're talking about. And so the following day I did, I called her and, and she said, hey, I would really want to meet with you. Uh, there's an opportunity, you know, that we want to talk to you about. And so... I said, I can't meet with you just yet. I just had surgery and I really just, I'm just not, I'm not ready for that. So they waited for me until I felt a little better. And when I met with my general manager and my program director at the time, and they told me about the position, um, I had a lot of questions. I mean, here I am, been in radio for so many years, love what I do. Uh, I, I was in it for so long that I had seniority, you know, uh, job security, I had everything, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't looking, <laughs> I wasn't looking to go anywhere, really, I, I really honestly wasn't, and then here, here they are offering, offering me this amazing opportunity, you know, I really didn't know what to do at that time, I just had a lot of questions, because I think that I didn't, I didn't want to, um, answer right away of course I wanted to think about it but all my questions had to deal with my family um when I was in radio I literally worked Monday through Sunday I was on the air Monday through Friday Saturdays I would do radio broadcasts and Sundays I would be on the Mingo Live I had no day off whoa yes and when when I didn't have a when I didn't have a daughter it was fine I was out and about every day and you know covering everything that they needed me to cover and you know broadcasting whenever they wanted me to and they knew that they could call me and I would cover it I would do it whatever it was you know but when I had my daughter things changed you know I wanted to uh, be with her more and as she was growing it definitely was something that I was like hey I need a I can't I can't be gone all day from her. There's absolutely no way. I have to, I'm not saying I can't work, but I, I need to know when. I need to know with time because I'm not going to just leave her anywhere. I need to make sure she's fed. I need to make sure that she's not alone and by herself all day. You know, I mean, things change. You know, your mother, things change. And they work with me. You know, they work with me with everything. And so my question to them at Channel 3 was, look, you know, I don't really have a set schedule in the radio. It's just crazy, right? It's, it's a crazy schedule. I love it. I love what I do. But, you know, now that she's growing up, I want to spend more time with my daughter. I want to be able to, you know, uh, be in, in part of PTA. I want to be able to take her to these classes. And yes. I want to be present. That to me, you don't get that time back. <laughs> you do not get that time back. And you know what? I truly believe that. You know, there's nothing like spending time with your child. That's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember that doll you bought them. They're going to remember that time that you took them to the park. You know, it's that time. Yes. And me, I made, I needed that. And so that that's the only thing that was lacking, that I, that I was tr starting to feel like, oh, I need to do something about this. So that was one of the things that they said, no, you'll have a set schedule. These are the days you're working. These are the days you'll have off. I mean, they were just kind of like, you know, um, I think 
definitely that was uh, one of the, you know, major reasons, if not the reason that I decided to make the move. Um, it was a difficult one. It really, really was. Um, and to this day, I'm very close to all of my radio. Uh, we call it the Radio Ranch. My Radio Ranch, ranch fam, we still get together and, and I miss them so much and I miss it, you know, but I really, truly believe that I made the right move for, for my family and, and for my family's future and for myself. I really, I really do. I really do think so. Absolutely. I mean, to me, the timing was very interesting. Uh, first off, thank you so much for sharing that story about your surgery and everything. Um, yeah, that's a reality that a lot of women deal with. I, uh, my personal birthing experience, not to get into too much detail about it, but fibroids almost derailed that fortunately did not, but they're, they're there essentially. Um, so, so thank you for, for sharing that. Um, but then for, for that to happen and then suddenly boom, here's an opportunity. I feel like the timing is so interesting, but, yes. but always I, I feel there's a purpose behind it. Um, yes. not to mention the fact that you got on the desk right when the pandemic started. Like, I can't help feeling that you were supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Like, what are the odds of that? Cause you weren't looking for a job. No, I wasn't. I really truly wasn't. It wasn't something that, uh, and a lot of people don't know this unless they ask me, if they ask me, of course I'll let them know, but it wasn't something that, um, you know, that I was looking for, went after was nothing like that. It was something that, uh, I, I feel that was, you know, Hey, you know, God works in mysterious ways, you know, and, and I'm really big in my faith and, and that's what we, um, that's what we teach our daughter and, and, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's God's doing, you know, it's, it's his timing. It's always his timing. It's always his way. And I always tell him, tell him, take the wheel, yes. <laughs> you know, whatever you do. Um, but it's very interesting that, as soon as I made that move, a couple of months later, boom, the pandemic hit. Uh, so, yes, you know, I even had some people text me, some of my radio friends, because I have radio friends just because I work for KSAB doesn't mean that I didn't have radio friends from, you know, other stations. And I've always I've always been friends with another with, with everybody that all the other stations. And that's the thing. It's, you know, yes, I understand, you know, this is um, it's all about, you know, you know, being competitive and or whatever, but you never know when you, who you're going to work with tomorrow. You know, you never know, you know, who you're going to work with in the future. And whenever you meet somebody in the business or not in the business, you always have to treat them the same. You know, to me, everybody, everybody deserves to be treated the same. I don't care what you do. I don't care what your position is. It takes everybody in that team to make what it is, whether it's, you know, the newscast, whether it's, you know, the radio, whatever, what, to make it what it is, you know, uh, you know, successful, everybody's important, you know, and every, everybody deserves to be treated, you know, the same. So I've always, you know, been, you know, cool with whomever, but, um, I remember I was getting texts from these people like, did you know, or what, did you know COVID was coming or what? <laughs> Oh, how in the world am I getting no COVID coming? Y'all are crazy. Like, how in the world, you know? Yeah, and you're like, you better believe I'd run the other way if I had known, too. Like, no, I had no idea that COVID was coming. I'm, you know, that it's just something that, you know, happened. It was, it was perfect timing, and it was God. It was God doing it all. I truly, truly believe that, you know? 
I truly do. I also so. believe it. Uh, my husband used to work for KIII, and so he he's still like in the know about you know when things happen or whatever. And he's like, "Hey, Barbie got the the first edition position," and I was like, "That makes perfect sense. Like, it just does. It did. Like, I'm like of course Barbie got it. Like, it, it. I don't know how to explain it. It just in my mind was the natural progression for you. Thank you. So, did you know before it was announced? I. <laughs> did I? Maybe before it was official. I think I did know before it was official. Yeah. I don't know who told him, but I won't say who told him. So, you know, yeah, it's, I, I think that someone told me before I even knew because it was, it's just, you know, when you're, when you're in that family, you know, the media family, it's, it's a small family and everybody knows everybody and everybody pretty much ended up working with somebody that knew somebody or together and, you know, I guess it talks and travel and, and word travel traveled fast. I remember when um, when I went in to read, I was asked to go in to read and, uh, you know, they wanted to see how I would do on camera with John Thomas and with Alan. And um, I showed up. It was, you know, one morning, one random morning I show up. And, you know, I'm getting all my stuff ready, you know, and uh, Joe Gazen walks in, the Joe Gazen, which is a good friend of mine. You know, he's always been, you know, cool with me. You know, everybody's freaking out because he doesn't come until late. It was in the morning. That was not his shift, mm -hmm. you know. And, and he walked in and, you know, of course, you know, my, my compadre Rudy Trevino walks in and everybody's like, what is everybody doing here? Well, they went and they were all like back in master control you know, ready to watch me do my read. And so I remember, you know, uh, people around me in, in, in the newsroom asking me, are you, like, are you nervous because they're here? And I said, you know what? No, I'm not. I, I, I feel so good that they're here to support me because that's what I felt. Wow. Like I felt their support, you know? And I remember we started and, you know, uh, whoever's running the prompter, I remember this, whoever's running the prompter, I don't know what happened, whether it, just stopped working in the middle of it. I don't know if it was planned. <laughs> like, I really don't know what's going on, but it literally stopped in the middle of the read. It like, it, 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 there was no more prompter, you know? And uh, instead of just kind of freaking out, you know, I had my scripts in my hand that were printed out and I just kept, you know, reading and looking up and, you know, just kept going like nothing. And once I did that, I think that that was one of the, the times where, you know, everybody was like, oh, that was good. That was good that you did that, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just kind of still went on. And um, after the read, you know, uh, Joe Gazen came out and he said, you know, I'm so proud of you. You know, Rudy came out and he's like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. And I just felt ah, so welcomed already. I didn't even know if I had the job yet, you know, but, you know, that made me feel so good. And he ended up interviewing me and and I remember Joe Gazen wanted to interview me. And I, it was crazy because I think I think my daughter had like a doctor's appointment. So I was like, okay, I've got to go, you know. And Joe Gazen's like, let me interview you, you, you know, really quick. And so I, I can't remember when he asked me, all the things that he asked me. But I remember one of them was, you know, you can tell that, you know, you uh, really care about the community. I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's for sure. You know, I remember... Um, when I was in college and I decided to get into media full time, I remember I wanted to be in something to where I help the community. You know, I, I, I love being out and visiting schools and, you know, uh, you know, 
nonprofits and all that. I just, I really love to be out and about with our community and help in any way that I can. That's why I love doing the Mingo. That's why I was like, oh, all for doing the Mingo is because it was just such a huge platform for yes. that. You know? Yes. We say this every single Sunday and I'll say it here. The show is not ours. It is our community's show. It's their platform for everything or anything that they possibly need. And, and it's, amazing because it's live like they'll text us like hey happy birthday to my abuelita hey happy birthday you know we're celebrating at that time and it's just something that you just can't describe and i love it so for sure i think that um sometimes when um i'm delivering certain stories especially when it has to do with children it takes a lot it really takes a lot from me because i'm a mom and i relate uh and, you know, it's sometimes it's very difficult for me to just kind of like, okay, focus, don't get emotional because, you know, this is happening and I have to really focus. But those are the stories that really, they tug at my heartstrings and it's really sometimes difficult to deliver, but, you know, I get it done. But it's, those are the ones that anything dealing with children, any, you know, especially, um, are the ones that that definitely are are the hardest for me to to deliver without getting emotional without showing <laughs> without showing anything and that that's hard you know in radio I I could totally talk and I, and I, and maybe get a little upset and nobody could notice but on camera they do so that's hard that's absolutely hard yes some of the stuff the information that you're having to to give is uh yeah I mean just. So it's news, you know, and, and it needs to be shared. But at the same time, it's not an easy thing to share uh, because y'all are very close to it. And sometimes y'all are getting updated as things are occurring, whatever the situation might be. And for you to maintain your composure, even in the slightest, in order to get people the information, I appreciate so much. I mean, because you just seem like somebody who is very put together. Like, of course, you experience emotions, but, um, you know, for instance whenever everybody was there watching your read and you're like, I'm not nervous. you like, you, you were able to just kind of channel that energy in a certain kind of way. And also I really, really love the fact that you are, you are so adaptable that, uh, Oh, the teleprompter stopped. Oh, well I have this resource right here. Moving on. Like just, you know what I mean? Like quick on your feet. Have you always been that way? I think that, um, I have, and I, ne I never really realized that I, that I did that. In, in college, um, a lot of my communication courses were uh, like oral communication was one of my main, was one of my favorite courses. Um, and in 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 the, that course in particular, everything that we would do instead of actually writing it out, typing it out, typing it out, turning it in, we would stand in front of the class and give an oral presentation. Um, and that would be our exam, and that would be our work. And so you had to be okay to, to speak in front of people. And then I was also uh, an island ambassador and I would give tours to um, the parents and, and the students that, you know, wanted to be interested in, in coming to the school. Uh, and I would know exactly what to tell the parents and I would tell, and I would know exactly what to tell the students. For instance, one of the main things that I would love to talk about when it came to the university was the fact that, um, in a lot, this is one of the few universities where you will get a doctor professor at your freshman year. You don't get that a lot in a lot of universities and colleges. 
And um, also, you know, I always felt safe there. Um, there's phones everywhere in the campus. You can, you know, pick up and ask for a police officer to come escort you from the library to your car or whatever, you know, when it's darker, whenever you feel like you need someone to go with you, things like that. Um, you know, I, I, there was just a lot of things that I loved about the university. So I was able to talk about it. And, and so I would get in front of parents or I would get in front of students or we go to, you know, other schools and traveled and, and did that. And, and um, you never knew, knew what kind of questions you were going to be asked, you know, and so you had to be ready. You had to be ready. But I think that what really, now I don't think I know, really, really helped me and, uh, you know, gave me that experience more than anything was being in radio. I mean, I can't, you know, uh, that's definitely what made me, you know, because like I said, it wasn't, uh, easy to be able to talk for that, you know, long period of time without really knowing what you were going to talk about from one day to the next, more or less, you knew, you knew bullet points in the news and blah, 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 but you had to fill in so much time. And then when you would be out and at a broadcast, you would literally be, you know, here's some bullet points. This is where you're going to be. This is your contact person. Uh, we're trying to push this and that's it. And you had to go on the air every single time. And you every single time that you went on air, you have to deliver it differently. You can't go on the air saying the same thing every single time. You have to be different at somebody. Hey, let me interview you. Let me, you know, you have to get creative. <laughs> you had to get creative. And, 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 and that was the best way to, to keep them on with you. You know, you didn't want them to switch, you know, stations or go somewhere else. So you have to get creative. And, and I think that really helped me being in radio with AdLib. That was, that was key right there for me. <laughs> it really was truly. And again, I, I think I've dropped this about you a few times, but you're just such a natural at it. And not only are you a natural at what you do, but you're very conversational in a way that people relate to. And you can see how much people really look up to you, Barbie, by all of the different, um, like, what would you even call it? Like uh, events that you're asked to attend. So like you hosted a Tres Vidas theater performance. You were a guest speaker at West Oso for Hispanic Heritage Month. Month, And also Tamu CC did a spotlight on Latina women, the stages of leadership. I mean, people want to hear what you have to say. How, what does that feel like, you know, to know that there are so many people who are just hanging, you know, sitting on the edge of their seat wanting to hear your take on things? I really don't know why. No. <laughs> Please. I, I um, oh gosh, I am humbled, and I every single time I get an invitation, I, I truly take that to heart. That to me is such an honor to be invited. You know, because whether it's a school, whether it's, you know, your podcast, whether it's whatever, I, I truly take that to heart, and I, and I believe that from the very beginning, from the moment that I start radio and I was first asked to do something to now I get that same feeling like, oh, they want me to go. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I feel like so humbled by it and, and, and appreciative and, and grateful and blessed that I'm able to, to, to do that. You know, when I was over at West Oso and it's crazy how things change, you know, before I would of course talk about work and, you know, how cool radio is and this and that and blah, 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 you know, and then, so now I'm such a mom. It's so funny because like, I'll start talking about my career. You know, I let them know what they need, what subjects and this and that and blah, blah, like all of that. And then I get into being a mom, you know, for these kids. I'm like, okay, everybody listen up. So who's into social media and what do y'all do? And do y'all like this TikTok thing? 
I don't. And this is why I don't. You need to be careful with it. And, you know, and, you know, I love that. Say, you know, not to say that TikTok is all bad. You know, it's fun, but you really have to have a good head on your shoulders and know what to look at because a lot of these things that I've seen or, you know, I just, I just don't agree with. And as a mom, I'm, you know, I, I don't want, I wouldn't want my daughter doing those things, you know, and these, some of these challenges are so dangerous and, and they're just, they're just, it's just, no. And so, and then I start turning into their mom and I'm, you know, giving them advice and, and this and that. So one of the questions that the kids had for me this past time at West Oso, so cute. One of the girls said, do you like wearing, you know, high heels? Do you love your heels? And I said, I sure do love my heels. Let me show you why. So I take my heels off and I'm like nothing tall, right? <laughs> I'm like five foot and nothing. Real quick, real and, quick. And- I have to interrupt you there because whenever you look up, because I do research on my guests before I bring them on, I found some website. I don't even know what it was. And it's like all huh. they claim to have this info on you. They said you were five, seven. Oh gosh. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read on social media because it's a lie. No, I am five foot nothing. Literally, I am so short. And so that's why I like to wear high heels. And so I take my high heels off in front of these kids and they start laughing at me because I'm behind like a podium and you can't see me anymore, you know? And they're like laughing at me. And then I walk out and I said, y'all are laughing at me. It's funny. I know it's funny. But, you know, let me tell you what's even funnier. Like at work, I said, I have a box that I have to stand up on with my heels in order to be, you know, the same height as, you know, my co-anchor and, you know, my co-workers because I'm so short, you know, and they're all laughing at me. And I said, and you know what? I love it. I'm embracing it. You know, I own it. I'm short and I love it. You should all embrace everything about you, no matter what it is. It's fine. It's okay. You know? And so, you know, these girls are asking me other questions and everything because they kind of like, thought about that for a minute because everybody has something, you know, I mean, and, uh, I said, you need to embrace it. You need to own whatever it is. Yeah. And that's fine. What am I going to do about it? There's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do about it other than laugh at myself. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I'm short, you know? So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so cute. The, the questions, some of the questions that they have, I love out of, out of all of the viewers and anybody else that I've spoken, you know, to, and, um, at is the, the younger, the younger, the kids our little viewers, you know, those are, those are my favorite. I really, really loved speaking to kids. And that's even before I even had my daughter. I always loved, I always loved the kids. That's my, always been my favorite. See, I really, really like that too, because kids, they can sense when people aren't being real. And the fact that you are genuinely interested in talking to them and, you know, uh, value their input and that kind of stuff is so powerful because they will remember that. And not to mention the fact that you pretty much went out there and said what all parents hope, you know, someone that kids look up to will say and is don't necessarily believe everything that you see on the Internet. Have a good head on your shoulders when uh, on social apps and to embrace all aspects of yourself, no matter what it is. I couldn't sum up a better message for, you know, what I'd want my kids to hear when a guest speaker comes to the school. Barbie, I just think you are absolutely incredible. I am so, so grateful to you for everything that you do for the community, for just being there every morning um, for everybody to get their news first thing, whether it was in the radio before or now on the news. Of course, being there for Domingo Live, I know people just go wild uh, to, to see you live on air. And um, of course, thank you so much for spending time in your afternoon with me. I so appreciate you. Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for having me. I really, I've been looking forward to this. I know that we were back and forth for a while. And I, like I said, I'm so proud of you having, you know, this is your 150th, 100, who would have thought, right? From the very first one, you never know. You just get to keep going, highlighting all these amazing women. That's why, you know, uh, before when when I messaged you and I wanted to highlight you on the news, I I love your page, I love your posts, and I love the fact that you that you embrace and that you highlight all these amazing women in our community because we have such an amazing community filled with so many special women Truly. and you use your platform to, to introduce them. There's so many people on there that I didn't even know, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And like I said before, in all walks of life, which is so important. I want um, all the little girls out there, you know, uh, know that no matter what it is that decide to do, that's important for you to do it 100 and you know 50% the best that you can do always be yourself and when someone tells you that you can't have it all yes you can because you deserve it all and and, and you can do it and i'm grateful and blessed and thankful that i'm able to to uh, be a part of uh, people's lives in the morning and wake them up and get their day going and i look forward to doing that every single day uh, every single day during the week on the news and every single Sunday on the Mingo Live. I look forward to doing that every day. I really, really do. I feel the same way, you know, those the goosebumps and, and, and just, you know, just happy about it. I really, it hasn't changed for me. And I think that that's so important when you're doing something that you love. It really, truly, you feel it in your heart. And um, the fact that you know, you feel like you're doing something good for the community, good for others, and you enjoy it, and you're blessed to do it. My goodness. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything else, and I thank God every day for all of my blessings. I truly, truly do. Yeah, well, we just, I'm speaking on behalf of the community. We just love seeing you do what you do. You're so good at it. And just thank you. Thank you for taking it on and for being willing to to share with us the way you do. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. Appreciate you.